This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. Is it possible, this is kind of rhetorical, but is it possible to have too much of a good thing? Uh, obviously, anybody who's ever spent any time at a buffet and made an extra trip back, and I know that we're United Methodists, but anybody that spent a little bit much, too much time at the bar, we, we know that it's possible to have too much of a good thing. And today's passage, we, we, we talk kind of about a man who had too much. Um, it begins with a man coming to Jesus, and he's complaining, and he, he wants Jesus to tell his brother to divide the estate, his inheritance, with him. In Deuteronomy 21, it was actually Jewish law that the older brother receives a double portion. It was the idea that the older brother, his responsibility was to keep the estate intact, uh, to carry on what his family had done, um, and any divvying up was initiated by the younger brother. Um, we see this with the prodigal son. The younger son says, I want my inheritance now. Um, the big issue with the prodigal son was dad was still alive, which was kind of a slap in the face saying, I'm not going to wait for you to die. Give me my money now, dad. Not really something you want to do, by the way. But the reason this man approaches Jesus is because it was common for rabbis, because of the law, to, to help make decisions like this. They would pass down law. They were sort of judges, I guess you could, or they would sort of make these decisions. So he approaches Jesus, but Jesus' refusal is probably because Jesus knew what was really on this man's heart. Uh, Jesus knew what was going on, and that's why he gives him the warning in verse 15 of watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. He knew the man didn't want an arbitrator, because if you want an arbitrator, an arbitrator would hear both sides of the story. He didn't want an arbitrator. He just wanted somebody to take his side and make that decision. Sentence kind of like interactions on, on social media, our society. Everybody wants everybody to take their side. They don't want to hear the other side. I'm right. They're wrong. Listen to me and do what I say. Do what I want to do. Um, actually, it sounds like politics, doesn't it? But anyway, uh, <laughs> but the definition of the word greed in the Greek is the desire for hunger for more or the desire or hunger for more which was what leads Jesus to tell the parable that Mary just read about the rich man that had a, an abundance of crops. It was more than he expected, and he didn't have anywhere to store it, so instead he just builds bigger barns. So he has this surprise harvest, and we could sit back and say, well, good for him, and, and I don't blame him for wanting to store it up. I mean, we all have our 401ks or our stocks and bonds and those sorts of things. But we also have to notice that Jesus begins the parable by saying the man was already rich. He said a rich landowner. So we already know that this man held wealth. So we, we could assume that this man didn't really have to worry about how to make ends meet too much. And, you know, he wasn't living pay to pay, paycheck to paycheck or struggling to put two, food on his table. But we see that his primary concern was what he had and he wanted even more. Something else that we can't allow to go unnoticed, which I didn't really think about until I started reading uh, and studying this a little bit, is we don't really consider the damage that, that this man would be doing to the economy around him, if you really think about it. By choosing to, to hold on to what he has and storing even more, 
we might look at this and think that you know he's being smart and planning for the future, but the truth is, by hoarding so much, he was actually hurting his own society. He wasn't contributing to the economy that much. He, he was driving up the cost of food because he was keeping some of it out of the market. Uh, we also have to remember that his crops didn't harvest themselves. I'm, I'm guessing a rich landowner didn't do a lot of physical labor. That's typically how that works. So he probably had people working for him, and, and his wealth came at the, at the expense of others. This, this parable is actually timely for our world today, and I'm not going to hover here too much. But when we talk, we talk about inflation and recession. We can have, we can have financial, we could have like government lingo bingo, and, and every, you could every time you, you hear inflation or recession, you get one. We'd have it every day, inflation and recession. But then we see on the news the cover of, of people struggling to make ends meet. We talk about how things are rising and wages are stagnant. All the while, we see corporations raking in record profits and the wealthy continuing to gain. Um, the best example I ever heard of this, and this is terrible of me to say it, but um, it was comparing those that continue to hoard money that just have more and more. I'm talking like billions upon billions of dollars um, to back in, in old times when you'd have stories of dragons sitting on piles of gold. They said that's what it's like. They're, they're hoarding like these piles of gold is what it's similar to. But see, the problem is, is we have people in our society who are doing the very thing that Jesus warns us about. When he says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Being rich toward God means generosity. And a side note, I just want to say, because of with what we've done with the mod team, I know Janet's experienced this, we've experienced it with the thrift store and with mod and with our shoe program, Nancy's experienced this. We have a generous congregations. Our congregations are all very generous. So I don't think that this message is like, y'all need to just give more money. It's not really what it is. It's just, it's, it's just a caution for us. I heard a quote, and that quote is in, I actually put a quote in your bulletin today from Tamlin Tamedia that says, if I am more fortunate than others, I need to build a longer table, not a taller fence. And if we look at the world around us, there are those that are building taller fences instead of bigger tables. There's a story in the news this week of a pastor from New York. Did anybody see this where the pastor was held up at gunpoint uh, on a live stream? And, and you might think, oh my gosh, what a terrible thing. And, and it is terrible. But then I want to hear the rest of the story. He was held up and a million dollars is the latest report. A million dollars worth of jewelry was taken from him and his wife. I was on their person. A million dollars, I mean, could you imagine me walking up here all blinged out, you know, with my, you know, my chains and, you know, rings and bracelets and a gold watch? A million dollars in jewelry on their person in church. I, just, I can't even, I can't fathom that. Um, there's actually a website, uh, and that's, I think they have a or a, an Instagram called Preacher Sneaks that will actually take pictures of the sneakers that pastors wear like Jordans and stuff, and then they compare it to the going prices of it. There's, this is the website that does it, or the shoes that they're wearing. And so let's say, like, these shoes are like $1,000 shoes that this guy's preaching in. But that's a side note. But I just can't imagine. And, and when they approached this pastor for a response, his response was, I work for my money, and I should be allowed to buy nice things. Nice things is not a million dollars worth of jewelry. 
Now, the most recent news reports coming out is that he is actually last year was sued by a member of his congregation because he fleeced him out of ninety thousand um, dollars, and he's also been in jail for fraud and larceny. So, um, he's 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 definitely fleecing the flock. But what what bothers me about that story is that I think he was in Brooklyn is that you know that this pastor is up there with a million dollars in jewelry and there are people in his congregation that are probably struggling to put food on their table. And that there are people that are probably struggling to pay the rent or struggling to put gas in their car or out of work or struggling even with health care. And he's walking around in church with a million dollars worth of jewelry and there are people around him that are struggling. He needs a different vocation. That's just my side edit on that. But... The thing is, whenever I hear reports of, of lavish wealth that some people have, all I can think of is all the good that can be done. And I'm talking, I mean lavish wealth. I don't mean like having a nice truck or a nice car or a camper or a boat. I mean, I'm talking lavish wealth. I think of all the good that can be done. I mean, how many times have we all played, and we do it, played the lottery game? Like if I only won the lottery, what would I do with my money? And never once did I say, I didn't want to buy me a million dollars worth of jewelry. It's more like I'm going to donate to the church. I'd probably get in trouble, but anyway. But I, I would donate to the church or, or I, w- I, would, I would give to this program or that program. I would start this ministry. That's the stuff that we talk about. Because, see, there's, there's nothing wrong with having money in the bank. There's nothing wrong with having a retirement. There's nothing wrong with having nice things, a nice house, and, and nice things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people should live in poverty. But see, the problem comes when our hunger for earthly things becomes greater than our hunger for God. Luke 12, 34 says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Money and possessions are only as important as the value we give to them. If you really think about it, um, my kids tell me this all the time, and, and time is the same way. Money and time are something we created. If you really break it down and think about it, I mean, back in the day, it wasn't—it was more bartering. Hey, I'll trade you a goat for this, or this, or for that. Money is something we created. We create our economy. Our, our government decides how much this is worth by and you know supply and demand. Money and possessions are only as important as the value we give to them. So society makes it that we need money to survive. We need money for housing and food and clothing and healthcare and transportation. And the unfortunate thing is, because those are things are something that we need. And can't go without. These are the area where supply and demand can easily drive up the prices. So do those who control the economy. But we also exchange money for the things we value. We exchange money, how much time we spend. If we work overtime instead of spending time with our kids. I mean, there's so many things in our world that we give value to because of the choices we make. So the greater the value we place on certain things, the more money it will require of us. If I could go back, there are times that I would have spent more time with my children, and that is priceless. And those extra hours I worked at church or doing something else, you know, maybe where they're making a difference or they made a difference, but still, that, there's certain things you can't put a price tag on. There was a saying that my, my grandma and my mom used to use, and I'm sure you've all heard it too, is that, you have to be careful that you don't have a champagne taste on a beer income. You ever hear that one? The idea that, that the more expensive or exclusive your tastes become, the more money it will require of you. So if you have to have that name brand or you got to have that logo or that nameplate, it's going to cost you more. 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19 says this. 
Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Tonight at our um, service, and I hope you again, I hope you all come and join us. Um, I'm going to briefly talk about all of the stuff that our churches have done, the ministries that we're involved in, and. One of the things I'm going to say is that I don't think God's done with us. I'm going to say, this doesn't mean you don't have to come tonight, by the way, just because you're hearing the message now. Um, But I'm going to talk about how we have done so much with many would consider so little. And that because of that, I think God is to continue to be faithful. And I think we're going to find ourselves with more. I don't want to say we're going to be rolling in Rolexes and wearing a million dollars of jewelry in church, but... We're going to find ourselves with the resources we need to continue to reach out and to minister to the people around us. Because I think as a congregation, we are rich in good deeds. I think we are rich in doing the right things. We're storing up treasure in heaven and not on this earth. And I'm just going to throw out thank you for your generosity. It's it's amazing to see all. We asked to do something, and it's just amazing the stuff that sort of shows up. We, we said we want to buy shoes for kids at school, and we raised $600 for, for kids at school. And the mod team has a budget that we – our mod team budget came from your generosity. We didn't take anything out of the tithes and offerings. It's all because of what you all gave. And it's just amazing to me. The library, people keep bringing books. And the thrift store, people keep bringing things there. It's, it's, it just blows us away that we ask that we need – there's a need, and you all are there. And so I applaud you, and I thank you for that. My encouragement today would be that we continue to be rich, rich in the right things, that we continue to be rich in God, and that we continue to store up treasures for ourselves in heaven. Let us pray. Dear God, I just come to you today. We thank you for the generosity of those that give. Just ask you to help us to continue to store up things in heaven, that we continue to be rich in you and not rich in the things of this world. Just continue to use us to reach your world. Continue to draw us closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.